0: Oh, absolutely not. And it was a weird dynamic that in 1980, if you started dating someone, you know, they would announce it in front of the church, Joe and Sue are engaged. Everyone start clapping and stand like it was an, a marriage engagement, which is really strange. You know, they're just dating, you know, the pressure that was put on people that because they're, you know, their their dating was announced, you know, that it's like <laughs> such a big deal like a wedding engagement you know and that kind of put pressure on 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 these couples
1: my name is aldo martin and this is the reclamation podcast
0: in 1990 91 92 uh everybody we were getting older right so we were college students a lot this whole big group of people when I started, and now we're all approaching 30. So mm-hmm. we're like, we want to get married. Mm-hmm. So, you know, nothing's happening. I was single for 12 years before I got married, you know, and everyone, and I was, in everybody in the grandmother's wedding. And I was like, always surprised me. So, um, you know, they started to look at that, I think, because, you know, some people were leaving, you know, some people were finding mates outside of the church. Some people thought, you know, just losing vision. It's hard, you know, it's hard as a single woman. Uh, you know, and I'm not sure doubly hard for the guys to stay single that long. So I think they started to kind of kept that up. And also, that's when the arts media started to come, you know, upside down and people start to like relax a little bit. Let's listen to music. Let's reach out to, let's go out to a jazz club and reach out to the people at the jazz club. Hey, you know, so we have daytime church so now you can go to your Wednesday night on Thursday morning so Wednesday night means that you can go to your rehearsal or you can work at the hotel so things started to relax a bit
1: Sherry, believe it or not
0: by the time you got there
1: Sherry this is really interesting because you got baptized in 1980 the church was um, the story that's told is it, 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 it started in 1979 and so as you're describing it going on to the 90s it's like the people that started it were at a certain age and as the church got older the founding members also got older right and kind of aged with the church and and some of the perspectives started to change because people got older like as you mentioned something about six months (laughs) and then get married like that wasn't a thing that was done 10 years prior
0: oh absolutely not and it was a weird dynamic that in 1980, if you started dating someone, you know, they would announce it in front of the church, Joe and Sue are engaged. Everyone start clapping instead. Like it was a, a marriage engagement, which is really strange. You know, they're just dating, you know, the pressure that was put on people that because they're, you know, they're, they dating was announced, you know, that it's like <laughs> such a big deal, like a wedding engagement, yeah. you know, and that kind of, put pressure on on, on this, these couples, you know, yeah. to get, you know, so it's just a lot of awkward, weird stuff, you know, in the name of, you know, purity uh, to keep people pure. But it was just like, doesn't, doesn't Ecclesiastes talk about not being overrighteous? You know, just kind of like, you know, everyone afraid to go on a single date and, you know, just. So I think that by the time in the 90s, Or maybe I was just kind of fed up, you know, Dave and I kind of did our own thing in a lot of ways, you know,
1: I want to get there. I I want I want to get there. Mm -hmm. I I do want to get there. But before Mm -hmm. we do, though, before we do, I want to read another quote from the book. And. And I would I I really would love your take on this as a person that was there in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Now, Dr. Dr. Yakely says this. Members, and this is the quote, members are controlled in such a way that their personalities are changed to conform to group norm, end quote. He wrote that based on his observations and what was happening in Boston at the time. Now, you, Sherry, as a person that was there from the beginning, what's what's your take on such a statement? Is there any truth to it? Is there any validity to it? Is it not applicable?
0: No, I think that, I mean... Everybody was basically in the early 80s, white, educated from the suburbs. Same kind of, you know, Farrah Fawcett hair going on and the same kind of outfits. And that's just not how I grew up. I grew up with very liberal parents. My father used to come home smelling like pot, you know. Um, (laughs) And, uh, you know, we didn't do that, you know, the whole idea of, you know, the brother takes you out, you write him a card, you bake him cookies. I don't bake, okay? I don't bake. So, you know, I think that as the church got more diverse, that, you know, I'm not going to dress like you because I might come to church one day with a big head wrap on my head because that's just who I am, you know? And, and I think uh, I think that definitely in the 80s that people used the same lingo for sure use the same lingo were encouraged to dress like the person who was leading their group to mm. talk like the person that's leading the group absolutely i agree with that 100 percent.
1: and you've seen that <clears throat> you've seen people dress like or impersonate the person that was leading them
0: unbelievable yes
1: oh, absolutely do, do you have yeah. any in mind i mean you don't have to say the name but do you have an instance in mind that you can remember like did they both come in with like like the thriller jacket or something.
0: <laughs> well, uh, well, you know, I mean, again, that motto of, you know, follow me as I follow Christ, and yeah. you know, I, you know, I just had witnessed, you know, a lot of the women just, you know, almost had to get the, what they wear, what they were wearing, approved. You know, yeah, Please. kind of like an underline, yeah, 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 just like approved, and you know, you need to be more like this person. You know, and that's like, no, you know, God made me as an individual. So I, that was just like a really weird era in the eighties where definitely, and I saw more of the struggle and a lot more, a lot more black people and Latinos were coming into the church and, you know, no, it's, we're different. We eat different. And we, you know, we talk different, the lingo is different. So you got to kind of get on board. So, mm. but it, you know, there definitely was the culture <clears throat> okay. to, to suppress you know kind of suppress who you are you know and uh and to become more like you know these founding people of yeah. the lexington church of christ
1: yeah well, I-, I appreciate you you uh you you saying these things and i guess confirming these things you know because i kind of suspected that but to hear from somebody that was actually there is uh mm-hmm. is a little is a little different it's a little different yeah yeah one of the themes of the book i think is he a lot of what he wrote was was based on the future it was future based mm-hmm. and here's what i mean um the church was experiencing exponential growth during that time like you guys yeah. were especially in boston you guys were baptizing people on a regular basis mm-hmm. and and which was good for the moment yeah but what the author of the book is trying to say is that this rapid growth and the system that produced this rapid growth is going to have some negative ramifications on members in the future. Right. And he said that a few times in the book in different, in different places, Sherry, as you've grown and matured and, and you've, you've built a life for yourself. You've carved out a very nice life for yourself. I spoke with you yesterday and, I want to be like Sherry when I grow up. I'll tell you <laughs> that right now, everybody. I'll tell you all that right now, okay? Right now, but uh, okay. but but you've also maintained a lot of relationships with people that were in the church. You know, even though you've left, mm-hmm. you still have a lot of friends from there. Mm-hmm. What have you noticed amongst your peers? Have you noticed, or actually, as I would like to call you guys, the first generation of the International Church of Christ? What have Mm -hmm. you noticed amongst your peers now? Have you noticed any negative ramifications from from the stuff they experienced back then?
0: Mm -hmm. I think we talked about a couple of things. One of the main things that really troubles me is the single women, the women in their 50s that never married. It's too late to have children. Mm -hmm. And for some people, it might even be, you know, too late to adopt and I was thinking, I think I counted this morning, just right off the top of my head, women that I talk with yearly, I'm just thinking of like five women, smart, nice looking ladies. One has a PhD, you know? And, you know, one of them's Asian women. You know how Asian families are. So it's like, you got to get married. You know, that's like a, That's mm-hmm. the, they have a lot of intense pressure. But, you know, it's just, uh, it's it saddens me. And it was, I don't think that it was, necessarily their dream to be single and then not have kids. I think there might be a small minority of those women across the ICOC and the ICC that maybe they just never wanted to marry and have not have kids. And that's their choice. And Hey, you know, right on. But I think there's a very large group of women that have never married and never had children because they were in this construct. They were in this system that they were afraid to branch out and, Find a man, convert a man. you know
1: because you can only know. date because you can only date somebody who was a member of the church.
0: That's right. So your pool of people to date was very small. And even to the point, even to the point of being shunned, I and mean, these are examples, there was a sister in Boston, and this brother who was in the mainline church, came up from down south, met her, fell in love with her. And she went back down South with him that they treated her like she just married something evil. And I'm telling you right now, I talked with her about three months ago. They're still married. They've been married for like 33 years. They're fit, skinny, gorgeous. Their sons are beautiful. One of their sons has got married. I mean, they're, they're doing well financially. Do you know what I mean? It's like
1: they have a nice life.
0: They have a nice life and people were so negative with her. About her, I mean, we used to really demonize the mainline Church of Christ. You know, it's Indeed. pathetic.
1: That's right. And,
0: uh, yeah, and, um, you know, this, this this sister and brother, they're, they're doing great right now. And I think, um, you know, it's sad. It's sad to see um, these women still kind of looking for husbands and not n- really know what to do. And, and they're getting older and they're like... Mm-hmm
1: you know if if I can if I can sherry and tell me if I misunderstood or if you disagree mm-hmm. it's not as if you're saying that there's anything wrong with being single right because right. sometimes marriages isn't for everybody and if somebody's single they're single Absolutely. and that's and that's fine but what I'm yep. gathering what I'm gathering from what you're saying and please tell me if if, if I'm um if I've missed the mark here <laughs> everyone who was a member of the church was expected to give their life to the church. Right. And there were a lot of these women that you're talking about who in their, in their younger years gave their best years to the church. When I say that, meaning that they adhered to the rules. Yeah. They followed the schedule. They were committed beyond Mm -hmm. belief. And one of the rules Mm -hmm. was you cannot date men who are outside of the church. And
0: Mm -hmm. the same rule
1: applied for men too, right? We couldn't date women outside the church. And as I think about the experience of the women, Now, in retrospect, in hindsight, with hindsight, there were definitely more women than men. Mm -hmm. Just off the top of my head, it seemed like the ratio was two to one. It seemed like that. Mm -hmm. And so, and for all the guys that were there, there were some ineligible bachelors amongst the group. Okay. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We'll say that. We'll be polite. And what did that leave the women with? Yeah. Right? If there's 100 yeah. women, there's 50 men, and now we're taking half of those men and saying that now 25 of them are eligible. Mm-hmm. Well, that means only 25 of the women are getting married out of that 100. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So where does that leave the other 75?
0: You know why some of them were not eligible? Because they spent their 20s, you know, running around inviting people to Bible talk. You know, let's do this campaign. Let's invite 100 people a day. Which, you know, I, in, I... Look, I still believe in God. I still believe in the Bible. Um, But you got to take care of your life. You know, people dropped out of college. People didn't pursue their dreams. People didn't pursue their talents. And so you end up with a 38 year old who didn't finish college, who didn't finish a trade school, wasn't focused enough, doesn't own anything, doesn't even own a car. You know, you have a whole generation of people that haven't, you know, lived out their best in the name of, you know, back then everybody wanted to be in the, in the ministry and give me a break. You know, everybody, everybody, I mean, what does that, what does that even mean? You're a church builder because we didn't do very well at, at ministering to people, pastoring people, taking care of people. These leaders were not pastors. They didn't take care of people. They were church builders. People builders that's the difference
1: mm. Mm. that's well said sherry that's that's well said, and I think as as we have these discussions, I think some of those things are lost in translation that there mm-hmm. is there is a difference and and what you just mentioned, it kind of speaks to there being one type of personality the person that was yeah. the builder and the person that was um uh, a nurturer that type of personality seemed to not have been, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Encouraged, encouraged. Yeah. Or or celebrated. Or celebrated. Right. You know, there were
0: very few people that were like that. Very few that were nurturers, Mm -hmm. you know,
1: and who were in leadership uh, too. Yeah, man,
0: for sure. Yeah.
1: Now, Sherry, as we, as we conclude our conversation, What's why did you want to come on the program? If you could speak to the audience here, what was it that that you wanted to to say to the audience, or, or what did you want to add to the to the conversation as we've been talking about this for for uh, quite a few episodes now? What is it that right. you would like the audience to know about your <clears throat> story and and how things worked out for you?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like a lot of us who endured a lot of the harshness. And uh, the hypocrisy a lot of the leaders, you know, that we're survivors. Hmm. They we're survivors of the control. <clears throat> but I think that uh, what saddens me is, and I, I think that thanks to God, I've always tried to separate this crazy Church of Christ experience and all its whatever goes along with it and, and what I know and what I read in the Bible. And what I know about God and how um, how beautiful and how God lives in an unapproachable light. And he's, you know, Deuteronomy 29, 29, the secret things belong to God. That's amazing. Secret things, but well, that's mysterious. I love that. That keeps me going. And the, the I, you know, I think that, I hope people can find a way to hold on to their faith. I mean, the Bible talks about, you know, whenever two or more are gathered, you know, he's that God is there. You know, church, church of two, right? <laughs> but, you know, those who are called out whenever you gather with a Christian, that's church. We were so worshiping the structure that we missed, we missed the point. We missed the most important thing. You know, we became professional church builders. And the whole dynamics of it is something... That you see in the business models like Amway and pyramid schemes. It's nothing new. And other churches do, can do the same thing. You know, we see it in other cult-like or cult churches, they do the same thing. And it's it's sad. It saddens me. You know, do I think everybody in the founding, whatever, you know, had evil intent and <clears throat> wanted to rob people and take their contribution? I don't. I don't think that. I think that as things evolve, that, yeah, people kind of got used to a cushy life, for sure, and that they lost their way. I do believe that they weren't brought back. You know, it involved, it's like feeding a monster. You know, Mm -hmm. it involved, again, lost some translation. So maybe what started out as, hey, we're going to be a Bible church is a good thing. But, man, you got to always come back. You got to always bring it back. You can't just, you know, you know, you can't just just uh, run, you know, run away with it like that. So, um, yeah.
1: Sherry, thank you. Thank you very much for for offering us some 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 insight, offering us some 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 eyewitness accounts from the street level <laughs> 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 of what was going on back then I, I I greatly appreciate it and and I think the importance of having these conversations is that it uh, it opens up the dialogue and it's not stagnant because right. The people that have left the church, you know the term "fall away," right? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Which was such yeah. a, a a word was like the worst thing you could be in the world, right? Was a fall away. Yeah. But in actuality, yeah. nah, nobody was a fall away. Everyone just tried to find their own way, and nobody needs to be. Life qualified. happens,
0: <laughs> right? Life,
1: Life ha- happens. Life mm-hmm. happens, and we do the best yep. we can with what we have, you know. So That's again, right. again, right. Sherry. Thank you very much. And by the way, I love that leopard print. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 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 Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in to the Reclamation Podcast. We hope that you've enjoyed what you've heard thus far. If you would like information on how to support this program, please check out the support this program link located in this episode's description. See you next time.